Well, good morning. If you have your copy of God's Word, please turn over to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. For the guests this morning, welcome. Glad that you could be here with us today. We have, uh, as a church, here's John chapter 5. For the guests this morning, welcome. Glad that you could be here with us today. We have, uh, as a church, we honor the reading of God's Word together. John chapter 5, looking at verses 19 through 29. So if you would stand with me, please, as we honor the reading of God's Word together. John chapter 5, 29. So if you would stand with me, please, as we honor the reading of God's Word together. John chapter 5, verses 19 through honor the reading of God's Word together. John chapter 5, verses 19 through 29. We're in John chapter 5, looking at verses 19 through 29. So if you would stand with me, please, as we honor the reading of God's Word together. John chapter 5, verse, chapter 5 looking at verses 19 through 29. So if you would stand with me, please, as we honor the reading of God's them life, even so the Son also, even so the Son also, for not even the Father judges anyone, but he has given all judgment to the Son, so that all will honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. And does not come into judgment, but has passed out of that little side issue that kind of emerges from it. But we want to try to stay, stay connected to the main theme of what's happening here in John 5, 19 through 20. Happening here in John 5, 19 through 20, 29. And it's the idea of life and the concept of being raised up. Even so, he gave to the Son also to have life in himself. And he gave him authority just as the Father has life in himself. Even so, he gave to the Son also to have life in himself. And he gave him authority in himself. Even so, he gave to the Son also to have life in himself. And he gave him those who committed the evil deeds to a resurrection of us. And will come forth those who did the good deeds to a resurrection of life. Those who committed the evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment. You may be seated. This morning... We're looking at the idea of, of Jesus and, the, and it would take a long time to cover every little side issue that kind of emerges from it, but of the idea of resurrection. Um, there's a lot happening here in this section and, and it would take a long time. There's a lot happening here in this section and, and it would take a long time. Morning. We're looking at the idea of, of Jesus and the resurrection, the, the future blessing and the present power of the idea of resurrection is most conservative Christian churches and the idea of resurrection. Now, I'm going to work from back to front on this because in most that makes Christians an oddity, Jesus literally raised from the dead and Christians believe in a literal resurrection from the dead and there's this great pie in the sky, sweet by and by, or however the old gospel song used to go, where we're looking for that day when that's going to come and come quickly, Lord Jesus, there's no more sin and it's all done with and I get to be conformed fully to his image and all things are finished and however all that works itself out, we're, we're done. And so, Lord Jesus, there's no more sin and it's all done with and I get to be conformed fully to his image and all things are finished and we're looking for that day when that's going to come and come quickly, Lord Jesus. There's no more sin and it's all done with in the sky, sweet by and by, or however the old gospel song used to go, where we're looking for that day when that's going to come and come quickly with the blessing in the resurrection. But let's start first with the promise of the future blessing in the resurrection. The promise of the future blessing in the resurrection. With the promise of the future blessing in the resurrection. The promise of the future blessing in the resurrection. The promise of the future blessing in the resurrection. The promise of the future blessing in the resurrection. The promise of the future blessing in the resurrection. The promise of the future blessing in the resurrection. The promise of the future blessing in the resur
the event of the literal resurrection. The event of the literal resurrection. Now, early on, there were sources of two biblical connections. The event of the literal resurrection. Now, early on, there were sources of two biblical connections at all. You find that picture that we see. There was, number one, the false belief in no resurrection at all. You find of the literal resurrection. The event of the literal resurrection. Now, early on, there were sources of two more, a wonderful story and an example, but it's not really going to happen. Jesus didn't really come back from the dead, and we're not really coming back from the dead. That, that's, that's just uh, spiritualized hogwash talk. That, that was an actual very early on spiritualized hogwash talk. That, that was an actual very early on, as you can say it, cl- cleans up that wrong idea. During this conversation in First Corinthians, he says, If Christ be not raised, we are still in our sins, and our faith is in controversy that happened in the church. And, and Paul, just about as clearly as you can say it, cl- cleans up that wrong idea. During this conversation, him will come back from the dead. And so he completely crushes that idea of not believing in a resurrection. There was also a second controversy about the resurrection that took place in the scripture in the letters of 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. completely crushes that idea of not believing in a resurrection. There was also a second, so there's all these people sitting around, they're waiting for the great blessed hope and the return of Christ and, and however that's going to work out because they were... Guess what? They were debating it even then, just like we are now. And so they, they were, some of them were saying, well, maybe it already happened and we missed it. Maybe there's going to be another thing later. What's going on? And there were people who were in despair and they were in you know, great disarray. There were people who were dying in despair and they were in you know, great disarray. There were people who were dying and Christ hadn't come back yet. What do we do with the idea of Christ? How does all this stuff fit together? And, and there was this, this controversy that arose where people said, well, the resurrection already happened and we missed it. This, this controversy arose where people said, well, the resurrection already happened and we missed it. Back with a gentleman who believed that resurrection people were actually walking around on the earth. We just couldn't see them. I had a conversation several years back with a gentleman who believed that resurrection people were actually physical body. I don't see how you don't see physical body. I don't know. It was, it was a really interesting conversation. He sounded a lot more Hindu than he did physical body. I don't see how you don't see physical body. I don't know. It was, it was a really interesting conversation. He sounded a lot more Hindu than a similar thing seems to be going on in, in first Thessalonians and second Thessalonians. So I want us to understand this morning that, that the event of the resurrection, that future hope of Real physical life with Christ in God that is perfected. It was held as an early non-negotiable of what it means to be a Christian. It, it, it was one of those core doctrines of Christianity. It, it wasn't one of those that you can kind of debate about and agree to disagree. It was essential to the idea of what the gospel is. Resurrection. If there is no res- if Christ be not raised, First Corinthians chapter fifteen. If Christ be not raised, we are still in our sin, and we have no hope. And Paul tagged on there, and we above all men are to be pitied because we're believing this ridiculous thing and putting our hope in it, and it doesn't help us at all. And the whole rest of the chapter, he's encouraging the Corinthian church: you get to participate in this. This is an essential idea of what it means to be in Christ. Also, the Apostles' Creed, probably the earliest document that we have that kind of brought together all of the essential ideas of what it meant to be a Christian. 
says it like this at the end. It says, I believe in that we have that kind of brought together all of the essential ideas of what it meant to be a Christian. It says it like this at the end. It says, I believe you see this. Well, let, let's walk through some scriptural ideas just for a minute about this, the future hope in the literal event of the resurrection. John 5, 28 and 29, uh, that we just looked at, you know, scriptural ideas just for a minute about this, this future hope in the literal event of the resurrection. John 5, 28 and 29, uh, that we just looked at, you know, resurrection of judgment. Also over in John chapter to a resurrection of life, those who committed the evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment. Also over in John chapter it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in Him will have eternal life and I myself will raise Him up on the last day. Fast forward, we already saw part of this, this verse this morning as we did our scriptural introduction. John chapter 11, verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. To her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. In fact, 24, Paul kind of combining both of these ideas of, of, of this literal hopeful event of the resurrection and the present power of resurrection altogether. It says, not only this, but also we ourselves having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption of sons, the redemption of our body. For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For, for who hopes for what he has already seen, for what the option of sons, the redemption of our body. For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For, for who hopes for what Corinthians 15, 1 Corinthians 15, 22 through 23 says, For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive, but each in his own order as yet. We've made reference to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, 22 through 23 says, For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. ship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for a Savior. So it's already in heaven. My citizenship is already there. There's the already idea. No, I'm waiting. So there's this not yet idea that's, that's kind of hanging over there. For the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of His glory by the exertion of the power that He has even to subject all things to Himself. And then First Peter. Peter says it wonderfully. First Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is perishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. There's all of that going on there. The greater emphasis of these is this idea of resurrection that's going to come, that's going to happen later. Now, the resurrection of the body is a blessed future hope for the believer. That's just the, the common standard orthodox future hope for the believer. That, that's just the, the common standard orthodox idea of resurrection that's going to come, that's going to happen later. Now, the resurrection of the body is a blessed future hope. I'm longing, I like John at the end of the revelation, I'm saying, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Why? No matter what your eschatological is and how it all kind of comes down, the great hope that every eschatological system has, every end times view has, is that one day, ultimately, things will reach a glorious conclusion for those who are in Christ. Every end times view has is that one day, ultimately, things will reach a glorious conclusion for those who are in Christ. One day, ultimately, things will reach a glorious conclusion for those who are in Christ. With that. 
So I say with John, come quickly, Lord Jesus. I don't want that to happen. I'm tired of waking up every day and having to wrestle with myself. Having to put to death the old man. And having to pursue after the new nature that's in Christ. I'm tired of having to make war with myself. I want the war to be done. I want the sinful man who is in Adam to be completely destroyed. I want the exalted one who lifted up me, who's being made into the image of Christ, to be realized in, in, a, in a full, meaningful way. That happens finally in that great and glorious day of the resurrection. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. I want this to be done. I'm tired. And maybe you guys are more pious than me. And it's a lot easier for you day by day. It's hard work for me to make war with myself. But hey, I want this to be done. I'm tired. And maybe you guys are more pious than me. And it's a lot easier for you day by day. It's hard work for the great and glorious day of the resurrection. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. I want this to be done. To be in rebellion against God. It is greatly difficult. And it makes me tired. And it won't be done. So yes, I'm longing for that wonderful day when the war is over. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. But while that is a great blessed hope, there's only one small reality about this doctrine of the resurrection. There is another part that is greatly neglected. And it's the present power of the resurrection in our lives. Right now. The already aspect there is a day coming where I'll be glorified. There is a day coming where there will be the resurrection, the judgment. There is the beautiful idea that one day I'll be conformed to the image of Christ. But that hasn't happened yet. So what about the meantime? Because if life kind of goes on like it normally goes on, and no weird tragic event happens to me, I'll live another 40, 50, maybe 60 years. What about during that time? Do I just do what the Thessalonians did? Sit on the top of a mountain on my hands and just look at the sky, waiting and hoping for the day that it all ends? Paul's rebuke to them, don't do that. No, that's, that's not what you do. That's not anywhere close to what you do. So what happens in Ready, the present power of the resurrection of it's often neglected in most Christian teaching and in practical With the reality of our own depravity, as we should be, because we're truly depraved apart from the work of Christ, but we're sinful. We are the very strongest language in the Bible is that we are God-haters without Christ. We ought to be overcome by that reality. Sure, of course we should hard time living in this idea of the seriousness of the apart from the grace of Christ. And the beauty of what resurrection. But we miss that there's this wonderful thing that's supposed to be happening in the middle. I like to call it but where I'm actually really in this life right now being made to be more like Jesus daily. And more of my daily. And more of my in Christ. That is present already right now. 
of And more of my old self is becoming powerless as more of the new nature is becoming powerful in Christ. That is present already right now. What, what Jesus is talking about. Over in John chapter 5, 21. To whom he wishes. Scripture. God is, is the one who gives life. God is the one who raises up. God is the one who brings down. God is the one who destroys. God is the one who exalts. God is the one who... God does this. Because he has the power of life and death. He has the power of judgment and clearance. He has the power of mercy and of condemnation. He is the righteous judge. He is Psalm 153. Of condemnation. He is the righteous judge. He is Psalm 115.3. The Lord is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. It's, it's a given. Christ being God, as we saw in John chapter 1, has the freedom and the spirit come. You don't know what's going on. So it is of everyone who's born of the Spirit. He has the freedom to do this. If He wants to leave us in death, He can leave us in death because we deserve death. If He wants to give to us life, He can give to us life because He's gracious. It's on, it's on Him. It's His prerogative. I don't deserve life. I thank Him if I get life. I deserve death. Praise God He's given me life. He's given life. Point two, John 5, 24. Those who believe, those who believe, those who trusted in Him turned from their sins, acknowledged Him to be the God-man and the Lord of all creation, the only one who can deliver them from this body of death. Those who believe have from death to life already. That's what's being said there. You haven't passed from death to life later on. You have passed from death to life, period, already. It's happened. I'm not spiritually dead anymore. I'm now Christ. That's, that's the point Paul makes over in Galatians chapter 2. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and for me. That's right now, not, not later, right now. That's my reality. All right, next point. An hour is coming, John 5, 25. That's what it says. An hour is coming. And now is. Now I know that there's a lot of debate about the already not yet. If you just plainly read the way the Bible lays out the idea of resurrection, that's it. Is already and not yet. I am already made alive together with God through Christ. Already. Right now. And I've not fully realized everything that. But I do not neglect the present reality of the resurrection because I'm waiting for what's going to happen later on. And sadly, that's what most of us do in our Christian journey. By our depravity, and we get so overwhelmed by what's going to happen later that we forget that there's a journey happening in the middle. And it's a wonderful, marvelous journey. That there's this, this hour coming and now is. The dead will hear the voice of the Son and those who hear will live. Friend, is that not what happened to you at your conversion? Your trespasses and in your sins? But God made you alive together through Christ. God made you have been saved. Is that not what happened? 
the voice of Christ and now I've been alive because I believed on him who called me? That's not later. That's now. If you are a believer in Jesus. Giving power of Christ. I want to look at the second half of John 11. John 11, 25 talks about, you know, back to life even if they die. But I love the second half of the verse. Look at what it says. It says, everyone who lives and believes in me. Friends, this is a radical thing happening in John 11. The death of Lazarus. He's been in the grave for four days. In our modern context, they'd already put him in the dirt. And Jesus shows up to the end of the funeral. He says, you know what? Son, believe in me. They will never die. And he's at funeral. She says, well, I believe that you're the Christ. Sure, I do. And then you know, hopefully you know the story. Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, come forth. And move the rock. He's alive. Guess what? He's alive right then. Not later. Right then. That's the reality of real life. Right then. Not later. Right then. That's the reality of real life-giving power of Christ that happens in this moment. Romans chapter 6, verses 4 to 7. In newness of life. For we have become united with Him in the likeness of His death. Likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with Him in order that our body of sin might be done But we would no longer be slaves to sin, for he who has died is freed from sin. I'm already crucified with Christ right now. Freed from sin right now. Sin right now. Right now. I love our confessions of sin. I do. And I love the Puritan's reality of the difficulty in our world and in our context is that a lot of times to us who don't live when the Puritans lived and we don't understand their grid that they had, I have newness of life if I'm in Christ right now. I have been freed from sin in the real way right now. I'm not just waiting to be freed from sin. I really have been. It's for freedom that Christ has set you free. The book of Galatians. You have been set free in Christ. Is the whole argument there. And it's a beautiful thing. Look at what it says in Romans chapter 7 verse 4. It's therefore, my brethren, you also were made to die to the law through the body of Christ. So that you might be joined to one another, to him who raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. There's the raising of the dead. It's happening now. There's the bearing fruit for God that's happening right now. Because, as Paul argues, the law is not bad, but the law brings death. Because the law shows you that you need a Savior because you can't keep the law. Now you have the Spirit. And such thing there is no law. You're fulfilling the law. Right now. 
right now. Not later. Not waiting. Right now. Philippians three verses eight through eleven. I have all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish, so that I may gain Christ and may be found in him, not at the derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. Why? In order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Paul brings both of these ideas together and he says, listen, if I actually want to have any hope of having a literal, physical future of resurrection, I'd better be actually living out the present reality of resurrection. Because if I'm not being conformed to the image of Christ's death, if I'm not participating in his, the fellowship of his sufferings, if I'm not presently to display the reality of his resurrection in my life, I really have no reason to think I have a hope for a later resurrection. The horrible thing that has happened in the church is that we've, we've in effect, salvation experience. I had faith in Christ. I believed on Him. I repented of my sins. I had a justifying conversion moment. Nothing else in conformed to the image of Christ's death, being a participant in His resurrection, displaying the freedom from sin and, and the power, the progress of growth that comes from being more like Christ and the future hope of resurrection because I had the old school hope of justification and I left resurrection completely out. Friends, you don't see that language anywhere in the New Testament. Some people are really savvy. But what about that whole thing in 1 Corinthians about they passed through as through the fire? Yeah, um, those people were still trying to build a building. Not built with Good material, strong wood and gold and silver and precious stone and thumb built with hay, straw and stubble, and theirs got burned up. But do you know what they were doing? The undefined, undisciplined, they were doing a lot of good stuff. They were trying to exercise freedom and liberty and exercise spiritual gifts and have an understanding spirit towards those who are in rebellion against God and Nobody's trying to build anything. That's the problem. We honestly think that we can say a prayer and fill in the car, spend the rest of our lives living with Satan at the end of Jesus. God let me in. Friends, you don't find that anywhere in the text. Anywhere in the text. There is this reality of living in the resurrection of Christ. In Him. All the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And in him you have been made complete. You hear that? Not, not later. You have been. That's passionate. You have been complete. And he is the head over all rule and authority. And in him you are also circumcised with a circumcision made without hand. In the removal of the body of the flesh by circumcision of Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism, which you were 
raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, having taken out the certificate of debt, consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. When he disarmed the rulers and the authority, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. All of that's already happened for us right now. It's the reality that we're living in. Now, you say, Philip, you okay, pardon all that. So, so what does that mean? If you and you are in Christ, you're a believer. You've repented of your sin. In Christ, you're trusting wholly in the mercy of what he's done on the cross for your rebellion against God. at a walk or at a belly crawl should be constantly moving toward Christ-likeness. It may be really rough. I've had seasons of my life like that. Just being honest. Sometimes you're bounding across mountain pines of, of wonderful glory and you're just completely holiness by leaps and bounds and sometimes you're down in the mud with the bombs of the enemy and your own skin exploding around you and you're crawling through keeping your head under the wire just to stay alive in the spiritual turn but, but every life, someone who has discernment can look at your life and say I see the evidences of grace in your life that's what's supposed to be happening The reversion back into unholiness. Do we stick our foot in the pool sometimes? Yes. <laughs> Every once in a while, we just take a big, deep plunge of course. I'm not talking about perfectionism. That's not what I'm saying. Because the reality is, as soon as I would look at my own life and say, I'm perfectly alive, I'm actually exercising the sin of pride, and I'm not perfected. Snowballed myself into the sin spiral again. But the reality is that there is real hope and growth. You'll be really hard pressed, I promise, to find somebody who adheres to the idea of being troubled. I know myself well, and I don't even have to get it necessarily from a deep theological study. All I've got to do is look at myself. I get the reality of depravity. Because I know Philip. I'm very depraved. I get that. But friends, you are not the old man anymore. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And yet, the daily warfare. And yes, you must put the death beneath your flesh. And yes, you must mortify your own sin. And yes, you must take up your cross daily. But the reality is, is that when you do that, it will die. It will. And and yes, there's a daily warfare. And yes, you must put to death the deeds of your flesh. And yes, you must mortify your own sin. And yes, you must take up your cross daily. But the reality is, is that when you do that, it will die. It will. And And yes, you must take up your cross daily. But the reality is, is that when you do that, it will die. It will. And I think a lot of times when folks have... 
deep grid on traffic that many here at our church do. We miss the fact. You know what? You can and should live in the power of Christ's life. Yes, one aspect of your salvation is that He has removed your sin debt and taken God's wrath for you. But friend, the other equally important side of your salvation experience is that He also perfect righteousness that you are now clothed in that you should walk in. And friend, if all your resting is that He took away my sin and He took my wrath, You're missing half of the beauty of what it means to be a child of God. You're missing it. And I, I want you to see. I want you to see this last thing. Get ready to close to This last thing. Jesus is great theme in John. The great theme in the Gospel of John is that Jesus is life. That's what He is. This present power and future hope Both of them are. And this is one of the major things through the whole Gospel of John that we've been walking through. Two chapter by chapter examination. You want to turn the page if you can. John chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend or overcome. You see the idea of there being life. John chapter 2, verses 18 through 19. The Jews said to him, What sign do you show us as your authority for doing these things? He was talking about his own body. And in three days I will raise it up, the idea of resurrection in Christ. John chapter 3, this wonderful conversation with Nicodemus. John chapter 3. One is born again, new life. He cannot see the kingdom of God. John chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. Of course, John chapter 3, verse 16. For God still loves the world. He gave his only begotten Son. Whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but well of water springing up to eternal life. And then all the way down to John, John chapter 4, verse 50, Jesus said to him, Go, your son lives. And in this case, he's talking about physical life. He shows that he has that power. The resurrection is about. It's about having a resurrected physical life that's conformed without sin. It's a beautiful thing. John chapter 5. John chapter 5. The wonderful teaching that eventually the healing of the pool and Jesus claiming equality with God and then the two resurrections that we've already looked at this morning. John chapter 5, verse 21 that we've already seen. For just the Father raises the dead and gives them life. Even so the Son also gives life to whom he wishes and say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life right now and does not come to judgment but has death into life right now. 
John chapter 6, walking on the water in this wonderful event, and then he begins to teach the people. And in John chapter 6, verse 33, he says, For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. believes in me will never thirst. Verse 48 of the same chapter. I am the bread of life. Verse 53-54. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. I will wake him up in that day. true food and my blood's true drink. And we see this beautiful glory here that is going on. Fast forward to John chapter 7. Jesus goes up to the feast. He begins teaching at the feast that, that there. In verse 38, make this Scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Fast forward to John chapter 8. There's this interaction with Jesus called an adultery, and he doesn't condemn her. And he's beginning to the crowd after that event took place. And the first thing that he says to the crowd in chapter 8, verse 12, says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And of course, John chapter 9, Who is healed. Wonderful metaphor. Jesus never actually uses any of the language of life or resurrection. But the whole point of the whole story is to take this idea of complete deadness to life. He came to the world incapable of seeing anything. His eyes were dead. And Christ gives to his eyes life. He makes this wonderful statement to the Pharisees who are challenging him and asking all these questions. He says that he Perhaps you too would like to be his followers. This wonderful story of the life-giving power of Christ. And then, of course, the great parable of the Good Shepherd in John 10, 10 John chapter 10, and then verse 10, he makes a great I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Then you move over to John chapter 11, and the story that we've seen already this morning of the resurrection of Lazarus from the dead. Verse 25 and 26 is talking to Martha. live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Then you fast forward to John chapter 12. Jesus is anointed by Mary and enters into Jerusalem. He to have some of the Greek people, the Gentile people speak to him. And in John chapter 12 verse 25, he says, he who loves his life loses it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it to eternal life and follows it up if anyone serves me. There my servant will also be. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. And then you fast forward to John chapter 13. The entire picture of John chapter 13 is the institution of the Lord's We have to show the life-giving power of Christ, his broken body, his shed blood, so that we consume it in ourselves, have life because we have partaken with him. Comforting his disciples. And in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. On chapter 15, you have the story of the vine and branches. You put branches on this, let's connect to the vine, and if it's not connected to the vine, it is 
tossed away into the fire, but if it is connected to the vine, it's fruit and it's bears much fruit, and you see this picture of a life as we're connected to the life the Spirit, and the Spirit gives life, as we saw in John chapter 3, verse 8. When whatever it wishes, you hear the sound of it, but you don't know where it's coming from, you don't know where it's going. So it is of everyone who is born of the Spirit. The Spirit is given us this This beautiful picture of life. John chapter 17. As you move forward, Jesus has his high priestly prayer. He's praying about the future of the church and the present reality and the future hope and all of this eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. You have eighteen and nineteen which together give us the picture of Jesus' trial and his crucifixion this he says this is eternal life that they may know you the only true god and jesus christ whom you have sent then you have chapters 18 and 19 which together give us the picture of jesus's trial and his crucifixion the very itself that gives life there and in john chapter 17 verse 3 he prays this he says this is eternal life that they may know you the only true god and jesus christ whom you have sent then you have chapters 18 and 19 which together give us the picture of jesus trial and his Verse 3, he prays this. He says, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Then you have chapters 18 and 19, which together give us the picture of Jesus' trial and his crucifixion. The very itself that gives life. have chapters 18 and 19 which together give us the picture of Jesus's trial and his crucifixion the very event itself that gives life apart from the death and resurrection we have no life and you see in this this wonderful picture of Christ giving life then in John chapter 20 you see the story of the resurrection particularly John then you have chapters 18 and 19, which together give us the picture of Jesus' trial and his crucifixion. The very event itself that gives life. For apart from the death and resurrection of Christ, we have no life. And you see in this, this wonderful picture of Christ giving life. Then in John chapter 20, you see the story of the resurrection. Right here in John chapter 21. Friends, the whole gospel... Woven through every single chapter. What beautiful reality of the mercy and the hope and the joy that comes from having resurrected new life in Christ. Right here in John chapter 21. Friends, the whole gospel. Woven through every single chapter. They need to see a church that's not defeated. That's just sitting on its hands waiting for some great event to come later. The world needs to see a church that Sin is no longer your master. Friends, that's what the world needs to see. They need to see a church that's not defeated. 
and I will walk like Christ. That's what the world needs to see. And friends, this morning, guess what? If you're in Christ, you've got it. You have to wait for it. You have to wonder about it. Unique thing to try to get it. If you have already believed in Christ and He has caused you to be made alive through His grace, friend, you have it. And I encourage you this morning as a pastor. Thank you that in Christ is life. Father, thank you that it's not life just for later. Although praise God it is. Father, we do pray that we might be fully conformed to his image and the groaning may cease and sin's very presence will be eradicated. Father, we, we do need and sin's very presence will be eradicated. Father, we, we do need long for that hopeful day. But Father, as we long for that, we long for the remaking, as we were creation grown, Father, as we hope in what we have not seen yet, Father, in the we all do want that we might be fully conformed to His image and the groaning may cease and sin's very presence will be eradicated. Father, we we do indeed long for that hopeful day. But Father, as we long for that, as we long for the remaking, as we with creation grown, Father, as we hope will not inherit the kingdom of God. Father, help us to know that we have real resurrection power and life. Father, help the We have real resurrection power and life. Father, help it to be true in our marriages, in our families, in our jobs, in our recreation. Father, help it to infiltrate every part of our lives. And we praise you in advance for what you do resurrection power and life. Father, help it to be true in our marriages, in our families, in our jobs, in our recreation. Father, help it to infiltrate every part of our lives. And we praise you in advance for what you will do to this place. According to the deeds of the flesh, of which those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Father, help us to know that we have real resurrection power and life. Father, help it to be true in our marriages, in our families, in our bodies. in accordance with the power of your spirit and not according to the deeds of the flesh of which those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Father, help us to know that we have real resurrection power and life. Father, help to be
Thank you.